All right, welcome back, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Inside Columbia Basketball Podcast. We skipped a week for the holidays, but we're here to catch you back up on everything that happened while we were away. I'm Kyle Matrician, and joining me as a co-host for the Second Straight Podcast is Women's Basketball Director of Operations, Megan Rojas. Ro. Let's go, Kyle. We're back and better. Welcome back. Thank you. So Back and better. So this one's going to be better. Well, I mean, that one was great, but... It was pretty good. I'm excited for this one. Round two. It's going to be... I was going to ask you if you wanted to set up the episode here, if you wanted me to set up the episode. Although I do know who's coming up for part two. Oh, I don't. I don't know if I'm privy to that information. You start start us with who we got here for part one, and then I'll... Go ahead. All right. So sitting in our very nice redecorated conference room is sophomore Hannah Pratt from Florida and freshman Abby Shu also from Florida and I think we're going to get into their bond a little bit um and how they're both from not the same area or similar area similar areas. similar area uh but then part two after we talk to Abby and Hannah is going to be Luke Bolster from the men's basketball nice. team and Jay Cloris from the men's basketball team and those two will be sitting down with Mike Kowalski, but as we mentioned, sitting here with us for part one of this week's episode is Abby Shu and Hannah Pratt. Abby from Parkland, Florida. Hannah from Boca Raton. Hannah and Abby, how are you? <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Welcome, guys. What's up? <laughs> How's everything going? How was how was uh, your break? I know you guys got to go home for, or you at least got a little bit of a break before the team went down to Nashville. So, Hannah, you want to start? How was your break? Um, my break was awesome, actually. Abby and I live about twenty minutes away, so we worked out together, we hung out together. Um, so I'd say overall, it was pretty nice break. How long were you? Did you guys uh get to get away for it before the team went to Nashville? Um, we had about five days. It was a little short, but, you know, wanted to get back to the team, so. Ball is life. Yeah. You got to go home on quite a positive note. I mean, uh, the last game the team played before the Christmas break trip, I don't think we talked about that on last week's episode because we talked to Riley before that game, was yeah. the 99-43 to win over NJIT. And just a couple of notes from that game, 56-point margin of victory, the largest by Columbia women's basketball and program history against a Division One opponent. Uh, there were all sorts of other numbers that I haven't written down and don't, can't think of in my head right now. But, I mean, probably the best team performance of the season. Do you just want to talk about that game a little bit, Hannah? Yeah, sure. Um, I just thought it was a great team win. Everybody played their game. Uh, we didn't let up. Our goal was to keep them under 50, and then Coach G uh, changed it, keep them under 45. I wish we would have gotten to the 100 mark, but uh, 99 is still pretty <laughs> and, good. You know, you guys had, what was it, 95 points uh, in yeah. uh, four and a half minutes left. I know you guys yeah. wanted to get to that 100, but didn't work out. I, in the last possession, it was a very good decision by Carly not to try and put the shot up there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very classic. <laughs> she uh, kept herself... Uh, out of trouble, we'll just say, if she would have tried to put that shot. <laughs> I think she looked at Coach G as she was uh, coming up the sideline, and she just looked at her. And, uh, I feel like if she shot it, we would have been like, oh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> but <laughs> I wasn't sure what she was going to do. I do remember that moment. But, yeah. And then NJIT, we went home for a little bit, and I want to say you guys worked out together. Yes. Did you? Yes, indeed. Yep. Is that going to be something you do this summer? For sure. What, what did we do? A little individual? Did we play some music? No, yeah, of course. Always. Um, yeah, got too. some shots up. It was actually at um, my high school's gym. Okay. So we basically have free reign to go whenever we want. So oh, that's really, awesome. It's a good tool. How did? So how far away is it for you? You drove. Um, for me, it's probably about thirty minutes, but 
I just take the highway. I don't really mind driving, so it's it's not bad at all. Hmm. Did you guys know each other playing basketball like on the club circuit as you were in high school or anything like that? Um, we played against each other in high school, like high school against high school twice. <laughs> yeah, and so her best friend also played on my travel team. Um, my the last summer of so the summer after my junior year, I think it was. Um, so I kind I knew who she was, um, but I didn't. We didn't hang out before college. You guys uh, competed. We just played, a, you guys yeah, competed we, against each mm-hmm. other. Who, yeah. who got the better of uh, those two? Well, it was actually uh, the, the <laughs> regional final game, but her team won. Yeah. Uh, what, year? Was like, what year? was that? It was my junior year. We so we won states year. that year. So. Uh, okay. We yeah, close we game or? Nah. <laughs> 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 it started off pretty close. You yeah. know, I think the crowd was into it. It started off zero zero. <laughs> they actually they did have the, like the best crowd i've ever seen and it was a pretty good game where um, was it at, at her school oh and you won yeah, yeah. okay hanny p uh, coming away with the dub and then like, you had no idea you were gonna be playing against your future best friend uh, from yeah. columbia university no idea you're no. right <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know who she was at that do you time. remember like was there a moment in the game where you would have guarded her i mean i know you guys play different positions on the court but i'm sure there was a time yeah. it was like it felt like so long ago yeah she probably th- hit a three right in my face but <laughs> <laughs> we need to pull up those see if we can find those pictures that would be in the archives <laughs> yeah. of the south florida high school basketball regional tournament yeah i'm sure we could find something i could ask my coach all right. Well, the team, uh, after you had your break, went down to Nashville to play Vanderbilt and Tennessee State. Uh, quite a you know, like a lengthy trip. Went down on the 26th, the day after Christmas, and then flew back the morning of New Year's Eve. The two games were on the 29th and the 30th. The first game against Vanderbilt, we'll talk about the basketball first, and then we'll talk about the rest of the trip. Talk about playing in that gym. I mean, it's kind of one of the halls of college basketball, Memorial Gymnasium. Uh a very unique gym to play in. It's it's structured to look like a theater because it's in Nashville. So the gym itself is structured to look like you're in a theater mm-hmm. with uh, some of the seats, like, you know, kind of like orchestra seating down below the court. And then you have the two mezzanine levels up there. I mean, was it cool to play in that kind of gym? Have you played in a big gym like that before? No, I never. Like, the lights did feel a lot brighter. And the, the court's even a little lifted, too, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, I during warm-ups, I think I did take a look around and was like, wow, like we're actually about to play on this court, but, you know. The benches, how was that? Was that weird for you to just see Coach G on the sideline and the rest of the assistants? And Yeah. It was also what made that weird was like when we were – the first half when we were going down scoring, like the other team's bench was like right there. Right. Yeah. So, like, you know, we could hear them talking and – right. And they definitely strategically put their players right underneath the hoop to be loud and yeah. like rowdy, which we. Yeah, I feel didn't... like that's something you guys probably noticed. And yeah, then, yeah, right at the beginning, it kind of made sense for how we structure our bench, I think. But for them, like that made the most sense because they were obviously, I don't know if they were chirping at you guys down at the other other side, but they I think were. You know. They definitely <laughs> <were>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, trying to get in your heads, but they were like as if a row of fans, mm-hmm. so it made sense, but. It was definitely a funky setup. Yeah, it was. It was. It was co- always cool to play in big gyms like that because we're not really used to it. Yeah. Um, but I think I like our gym better, <laughs> a, lot, a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it's just a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, but then it was nice because the next day you got to just come right back out and try and put that game out of your memory and get a win, and that's what you guys did. I know Tennessee State not a, the first half 
the performance you wanted. The second half, you you hung on, but you hung on against a team. It's always hard to win on the road. I mean, that's one of the things in college basketball. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It's hard to win on the road. It's hard not to win when you're playing in your own gym. And you held off a team that kind of came out in the second half, even though you guys were up 16 points. looked like they just came out really loose. And, you know, I kind of maybe with the way their season's been going, they kind of just came out loose and you guys held on so you want to talk about the second half of that game and holding on against a team like that yeah um first half we were really playing it in on them but um they came out they they kept fighting and i give them props for that but i think we did a really good job of holding them off and i feel like we've been doing a, a good job of that this whole season um i feel like that might have been one of our weaknesses last year is just not being able to close out games and um I think that game showed a lot. We should have beat them by a lot more, but um, <laughs> it shows that we're capable of uh, keeping keeping our lead and, and finishing out games. Yeah, I think you, it's crucial to win when you're even when you're not having your best day. Yeah, right. Exactly. And the teams that can win when they're not having their best day and still find a way, mm -hmm. I think kind of shows teams that kind of starting to get over that hump. All right, and then... Uh, one more. We'll talk about one more basketball game since we had a lot to catch up on. Uh, you flew back home and, you know, celebrated New Year's. And then you had a game on January 4th this past Saturday against Mercer. And everything really seemed to click once you guys got back home. A 77-48 win over the two-time defending Southern Conference champions. Uh, Abby, I'll go back to you. The Mercer game. I mean, it was really just a complete game from start to finish. Like, the Tennessee trip was... That was a lot of fun. Um, didn't turn out the way we wanted exactly. It was a big lesson that we learned, and I think we took that going into the Mercer game, and it showed. You know, we were all on the same page, I think, start from finish. Um, we I don't know if they know about turkeys on this podcast. Well, anymore. you can remind everybody what a turkey is on the podcast. Okay, well, turkey is when we get three stops in a row. Um, and, yeah, we had nine of them, and our goals are usually eight, and I'll, we've never gotten nine before or no. even eight. I think our <laughs> yeah, a noise that is made on the bench when we get one. Um, and we also have a full stuffed turkey yeah. that Carly starts out yes. with. But I think our goal, I think our we've only gotten six before. Six. Yeah. I could be wrong. And we got nine against Mercer. Yeah, yeah, six or seven. Yeah. I mean, but it hasn't just been Mercer. I mean, when you guys play at home, I was just looking this up after the Mercer game. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you've won six in a row at home. And you're holding teams over that six-game winning streak to 49.5 points per game at home. I mean, which is very hard to do, especially considering the type of, like, fast-paced basketball that you guys like to play. I mean, you guys want to kind of run out and score. Mm -hmm. So to then still hold the opposition to 49.5 points a game when you guys are scoring over 70, I mean, I really think says a lot about the growth of this team and where you guys have gone yeah um that's what coach g's been preaching is we we can score all that but we want our defense to dictate our offense so um i feel like that was the main thing we did in the mercer game was play our defense um and it led to us by holding them it led to us being on our game and scoring um because there there'll be days where we get good looks we've had games i, I forget which one it was but we were getting so many good looks but shots weren't falling but we still won the game because we held the other team to a little bit of points um so i think defense I think it was georgetown is, yeah georgetown no, that's georgetown. what it was yep. yeah we just we were getting so many good looks just mm -hmm. couldn't hit just a couldn't shot hit the open looks. but we still came out with the w because 
we get stops on defense, and yeah. uh, that's what's most important. Held Georgetown to us. under fifty, I believe, yeah. in that game too. Yeah, so, so yeah. that's what's most important to us right now. All right, is that something you kind of noticed last year? I mean, for we had you on the podcast last year, but last year you had to sit out with an injury mm-hmm. that you suffered in the preseason. We talked about that last season. Uh, but is that something you kind of noticed last season? Something that you want that you knew you could kind of help with once you got healthy and was getting out there and kind of helping defensively maybe in the post or blocking shots and rebounding, things of that nature? Yeah, I'm doing, doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> but I think everybody, not not just me, but everybody has stepped up their game defensively. And it's like a complete turnaround from last year um, on the defensive end. I'll uh, toot your horn a little bit here. You've blocked a shot, I think, now in 12 consecutive games, and you lead the team with 16 blocked wow. shots. Yes. Did you know I that? Did not know did that. Not. Oh, oh man. man, I probably oh, put no. the hex on her now. I know. <laughs> oh, God. It's okay. You have, like, two weeks to forget about it before, <laughs> now. before we play again. That's right. The next game, you guys, you played January 4th, and then you played Cornell Saturday, January 18th. So a little bit of a dead period in terms of games, but it is kind of nice that you guys don't have class during that period, and a lot of your focus can be on basketball. All right, so I want to go back to Nashville now, and I want to talk about some of the fun things the team did during the Nashville trip. We'll start out with the night in downtown Nashville. Uh, there, was, there was a night where the coaching staff and everybody got, took you to downtown and uh, had some activities planned. The first of those activities, you guys went axe throwing. Uh, do you remember the name of the place? Ro, you scheduled all this. I you are the scheduler. I definitely did. I think it's downtown sporting. Something Sport, yeah. downtown sports downtown. It was it's like right on the main. Trying strip. to give them a plug on the yeah, podcast here well. in case anybody wants to go axe <laughs> throwing. I mean, it was it was awesome. The whole I wish we kind of went a little earlier and hung out and watched the games because there were some good football and basketball games on. But it was on the fourth floor, and I've never been axe throwing, but. I feel like Hannah has. Have you? I haven't. But what? I've, I've always wanted to go, so I was very happy that we got to do that. <laughs> I think Hannah was probably one of our best axe throwers, per usual, like you would expect. <laughs> Abby? You look like you could throw an axe well, Hannah. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I held my own. <laughs> you, you got, we, got, we got there. I was, just, I was pretty bad at first, but, you know, she's a quick learner. It's, a, so. it's an upward, yeah. She got, she got much better as the night went on. Can uh, does one of you want to explain how to properly throw an axe? It's all you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they had two types of axes, actually. There's a bigger one and a smaller one. And the bigger one, you do two hands. I think you do uh, your your right hand, if you're a righty, on the bottom. And then you put the other, your other hand over it. And you take it. Trying to, I'm talking myself through Talk, it. You need somebody to hold the mic up for you so <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm talking uh, myself through it. We but, can get uh, uh, Kyle Hudson, the producer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, call him, we'll call him the producer. Yeah, but, uh, Kyle, do you want to stand up for a second? Can you hold the <laughs> mic for Hannah as she <laughs> as she describes and demonstrates how to properly throw an axe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for real! I'm not for real! Let me video this while we're at for it. Real. If you, uh, if anybody wants to see the video of it, I'm sure Megan Rojas will post it somewhere or on social media. Or follow us on TikTok. That's follow, right. You can follow That's us on TikTok. Right. Can you uh, can you stand? Can you stand? Oh, I'm standing. Yeah, stand okay, up and okay. uh, you can take the take the right. headphones off so you don't <laughs> no, pull keep the take the headphones. No, take no. She's got to take them off because they won't reach. Oh boy. All right. So let's say this is our axe. One hand here, one hand here. You take it, put it behind your head, and just oh. Oh, the water bottle that water she was using was fully right now on the floor. <laughs> you step with your foot and just chuck that thing. How many times did you hit the bullseye? Um, I think I hit it like three, four, five times, something like that. 
Um, but so something something fun that we did, which I don't know if you're gonna want to edit this out or not, but we we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we. Back and better from what I thought was appropriate to say on this podcast, <laughs> and now we're reeling it back in. Okay, so let's talk about what we did after axe throwing. Abby Shoe. Abby Shoe. On the dance floor. Oh, okay. So <laughs> See what I did there. We went to this super fun restaurant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. <laughs> okay, continue. And I forget what the restaurant was called. You know, wild horse saloon. Wild Boom! Horse I remember saloon. that one. There it is. Roasted. It was a big stage, three levels, I believe, and yeah, we learned how to line dance. I don't know. What we did we line greatest. dance to? Tell everybody. I know what you line dance to. I was there. I think it's a few songs, but there's one that I'm thinking of. What was the one that got everybody down there? Oh, I know. Me and Carly went down to. Actually, Abby and Carly kind of led the pack. Yeah. Of. Everyone going down. I think the Cha Cha Slide might have came on. Cha Cha Slide came on. <laughs> I don't think we once I had gone down there. No, yeah. no, <laughs> she taught you. She, she had, there was like two Timber. people on stage. Timber. No, no, no. There was like a song <laughs> where you like learned song. how to line dance to a certain song. You had a, they showed you all the steps. Yeah, the was ladies that? were very helpful. Yeah, I think they started off. <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean that or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they started off with. A country song that I'm not really sure. Maybe yeah. Hannah will know. Yeah, it was big country girl. Uh, yeah, I am a big country girl. And then they I taught us the song, and then we transitioned to Timber, which is saying yeah. by Kesha. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm yelling. Oh wait, it, <laughs> is. it is. It is. You're right. So then we were doing the Kesha thing, and that was fun. And then we were about to go upstairs and have dinner. And they turned on the cha-cha slide, and everyone from upstairs came, including yeah. our guy Kyle right here. It was full Kyle. sweat on the dance floor. <laughs> I videoed first, and then... Yeah, that is yeah, true. Then. For the vlog, and well, but, but for the cha-cha slide, I, I, I got in there. I, I did. Mean, you had to. Yeah. You I had did. to. I had it was really fun. Like, I looked at Abby and <laughs> Hannah, and Carly was really into it. <laughs> she was great. And then uh, another thing the team did on the trip that was fun was you guys all got to go to Riley Casey's house. So let's talk about the trip to Riley's house and the uh, kind of what the team did first. You know, she kind of I saw Riley went around and kind of gave you guys a tour of the house. There was that cool little loft that they kind of have mm -hmm. upstairs where you guys like basically the entire team like could hang out for a little while. Um, and then I'll let you guys talk about what else happened at Riley's house. Well, first of all, it was great food. I'm big barbecue girl. Um, so yeah. What kind of barbecue <laughs> did we have? Shoe. Boy, we had brisket. Um, amazing mac and cheese. We what else do we have? Sharpen my memory a little bit. Um, there's some pork and pork sandwiches. Right. Um, hush puppies. Hush gotta have puppies. hush puppies. Yes. Love a good hush um, yeah. Great food. Obviously, they had dessert after. A lot of dessert. Um, but yeah, no. My favorite part was the sweet tea. I'm a big sweet tea fan. Big sweet tea person. Yeah. You know, I lived in the South for five years, and I really wanted to like sweet tea, and I just couldn't do it. Really? I tried hard. Wow. Like, because they walk around with it in pitchers like it's water. Yeah. Yeah. And they do just you like sweet tea? I love sweet tea. Really? I think just if you grow up drinking sweet tea. Maybe it's a South thing. It, yeah. it is a South I tried. I wanted to. Some so people good. in the South actually, like, drink it instead of coffee to get, like, caffeine. Yeah. I know a lot of people that, that do there, that. Oh, yeah, story. I guess there is caffeine in there. Yeah. It's just mostly sugar, but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works for you. Yeah. 
yeah but no riley's house is probably one of my favorites um because yeah I, I love this house but uh we were just sitting around on her porch listening to country music um I don't know if this will get edited out. <laughs> we'll find out. Oh, God. <laughs> to be continued. But uh, her brother got an airsoft gun for Christmas. And so all of a bunch of us were out there um, shooting the airsoft gun in her backyard, which was really fun. It was. I don't think this will get edited out. I think yeah. it's fine, right? All right. We got the uh, quality control guy over here, Mike Kowalski, <laughs> on the side. Mike says it's good, Thumbs right? Up. Thumbs giving us the A-OK sign. Uh, yeah, they had some targets out there in the mm -hmm. backyard, and yeah. we were well within uh, the regulation size area, yeah. as uh, Riley's dad was very quick to point out to all of us uh, that we were allowed to shoot those airsoft guns out in the back. Who who was the best at the airsoft? You were oh, you were pretty good. Never mind, I remember now. <laughs> Hannah was uh, the best at axe throwing, and then showed off her skills. Yeah, she had a her she had country a skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had a trip. I don't know, Abby. Abby, shoot. Yeah, Abby. I once Abby, you saw me. <laughs> I did see you. Really once Abby closed the right eye. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, you didn't know what Abby had like a little bit of a neck. Yeah. I think the gun wasn't like made for my. See, leg, see what you did right there was probably how you should do it. I'm yeah. probably getting too far in this conversation. <laughs> Yeah. But you were like, I didn't stretch my neck head all the way. <laughs> okay, I got something, Kyle. All right. To reel Get us back, back reel us back in. Okay, one of my favorite things to ask current players is your pregame routine. And if you have any weird, um, like, rituals, pregame rituals. So I want to say I think I know Abby's, but I would like <laughs> to hear the play-by-play -play of your pregame rituals. Well, pregame meal, I have to, like, after we leave or finish with the meal, I always get not a full cup of coffee, only half, because the full's a little aggressive. Yeah. So I get half, you know, wakes me up. Medium roast. a small coffee? Of whatever you guys have in those Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, pregame meal. And then, um, you know, we do our boots and everything. We all kind of have, like, similar, like, that way. Mm -hmm. But when I'm putting on my shoes is where it gets tricky. I put on my socks, and I have to crack my toes. <laughs> like it's like a thing like if i if i don't crack my toes like my shoes feel weird and i just like i feel weird so yeah every single wow. one yeah even before practice um did you know this Anna? i did not know that wow. did you crack your toes before you came on the podcast for the first time uh, no <laughs> <laughs> i was not ready I mean, that, that's why you've been uncomfortable yeah I think so. <laughs> is that it that's all there's no order to your uniform or anything I don't think so now. No. It's, well, I start with my right foot. <laughs> so a little bit of an order. Yeah. All right, Han. HB. Um, well, I didn't think that I have one, but now that I realize, I, uh, after we have our talk right before we go up to the court, um, before we like start the game, I always go into the locker room and put on chapstick. Oh. Chapstick. Yeah, I put on chapstick yeah. before um, the start of the game and... Uh, before the second half starts, you go into the locker yep. room. Before, okay. Mm -hmm. Huh. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's now specific. It's now flavor or Carmex. Is that a flavor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If it's they a have. brand. Yeah, it's a brand. I don't okay. know if they have flavors, but original. Yeah, just the original one. Interesting. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, I guess another one is um, kind of do the cliche like tap the door. Oh. Thing. Play like a champion today. <laughs> yeah, like I always. You uh, hit it and then run out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should put a sign up there. <laughs> no, I do it like should. on every door we pass. So like going into our little talking room, I just hit it on the way out. I hit like every single one. 
Oh, yeah. Then I'm ready. Yeah, we could put a sign up on, you know, the, the door after they leave the locker room that leads up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Right there. I yeah. think there, there's one that says focus. Oh, is there one right there? there? Yeah. Yeah, there's something. Yeah. All right. Well, Hannah, Abby, I think this has been fun. I think this was a good idea. Hannah, last second decision to come on the podcast <laughs> today. Originally, we were just going to have Abby, but I think it worked out really well. Yeah. South Florida. South Florida. South Florida on the podcast. Uh, the Columbia women's basketball team starts up Ivy League play on Saturday, January 18th at 3 p.m. when they will play Cornell. Uh, that is That will be followed by a men's basketball game at 7 p.m. also against Cornell. And then the ladies go to Cornell the following weekend before starting up all the back-to-backs to get through February and March. So we wish you the best of luck, Hannah and Abby, and the rest of the team. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ro, another successful co-hosting on the podcast. Let's I think this go. might become a regular thing. I think I like it. Thanks so much for having me, Kyle. I love doing this with you. All right, and as I mentioned before, coming up next, Mike Kowalski is sitting down with Jake Clores and Luke Bolster from the men's basketball team right after the break. Lions fans, come one, come all. Lions Community Day presented by Jag One Physical Therapy is set for Saturday, January 18th when the men's and women's basketball teams host Cornell to kick off Ivy League play. The women tip at 3 p.m. followed by the Lions Community Carnival, which includes food, carnival games, and special performances by the Marching Cobras Drumline. After that, the men host the Big Red at 7 p.m. Come one, come all, and purchase your tickets today at gocolumbialions.com slash tickets or by calling 888-LIONS-11. Roar, lion, roar. And we're back. We're back. I'm back. I'm still here. decided to join me for part two of this week's podcast. I'm Mike Kowalski. Uh, It's been a few weeks since we've talked to the men's uh, program because of holidays, final exams. Uh, So we're back today, joined by Luke Bolster and Jake Flores. Guys, thanks for coming on board today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Mike, our JPU. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Jake, I know you've been chomping at the bit to get on this podcast <laughs> since we started last year. So how excited are you on a scale of 1 to 10? I'm, I'm excited. I would, I would say pretty high. Close close <laughs> to a 10. Are, no, you, yeah. are you a normal listener of the podcast? I I listened to Peter's and Q's, I think, last year. And I haven't. Have, have there been ones this year? Yeah. yeah there's been okay, yeah. Ones. I don't think I have, have yet this year. Yeah. But yeah, I, de- I definitely will. You're going to listen to this one. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. <laughs> so we have a... Th- we had a Florida uh, connection with the women's program with Abby Shue and Hannah Pratt, and mm-hmm. this is a New York edition. Uh, right. Two local guys with Luke and Jake. So I'm just going to start off. You know, what does it mean to be playing at Columbia, your hometown, not having to go too far from home, uh, and continue your careers here so far? Luke, you can start. All right. Um, yeah, playing for Columbia is really a dream come true. I. Uh... I used to come to the games all the time. Uh, with and my, we'll get into yeah. that in a little bit, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so I've, you know, I'm familiar with the program and sort of the Columbia Blue was always one of my favorite colors. I always loved to play uh, in that. In my in middle school, I had a pair of shoes that were Columbia Blue, so it feels like a little bit of a full circle. Um, but it's nice. Uh, you know, my family can be at a lot of the games. Um, like, getting them tickets is always... <laughs> Um, not difficult, but it's always a chore a little bit. Um, and it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. I really, I really enjoy it. I don't have to go too far. Um, and that's, that's really nice. It makes it easy. How about you, Jake? Yeah. I mean, it's everything I can ask for being in New York city and Columbia. Um, like Luke said, it's been a dream come true. Um, it's great to be close to family and friends 
And yeah, to be honest, I didn't think about staying in New York City much in high school for college um, until the staff started recruiting me. And then, you know, I kind of sat back and thought, this is, you know, everything yeah. I want and more. And there's no reason to go anywhere else. <laughs> so, Luke, like you kind of mentioned, you, uh, you have family ties to Columbia. Your, your dad, Jim, is a longtime swim coach here. Mm -hmm. um, what's it been like growing up around Columbia and now being more of a part of it as a student now? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a change of pace. I mean, uh, growing up, my whole Columbia universe was Dodge Fitness Center. Um, <laughs> my dad would just... It still is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. So not a lot has changed on that front. Um, but I do uh, I do go to class. And, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, but in a lot of ways, it's very familiar. Um, and I think that that's something that I've really enjoyed. You know, it wasn't a huge change of pace. Yeah, no culture shock for sure. Exactly, yeah. Uh, just growing up in New York and around Columbia, it felt, the transition felt a little bit easier. Um, and I'm very thankful for that because I think that, you know, going to college is pretty hard. And yeah. uh, it, that uh, sort of allowed me to ease my way into it a little bit. Did anything surprise you when you actually got here and started classes and getting involved with, you know, starting basketball practice? What was the biggest surprise for you after seeing it from the outside and then kind of being on the inside now as a student? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think that um, growing up, a lot of my uh, a lot of my time spent on Columbia was sort of doing what I wanted to do, doing what uh, me and my brothers wanted to do. And when I got here as a student, it's you know, it's a lot more structured. Um, you have class you have practice and so I think that that you know coming to Columbia as a kid um, it was just sort of a free-for-all and the structure it, it, in a good way I yeah, think, yeah. You know, but it was it was very different where you know you can't just go to the blue gym for three hours and play around like you're in Levian and you have practice and get treatment and then you go to class stuff like that so uh, I would say yeah the structure um, was was different but not bad Jake, you got to talk about your background a little bit. Your dad, Dan, is, you know, a very famous, well, very popular, famous filmmaker and recently wrapped up uh, the Basketball, A Love Story uh, documentary series on ESPN. What was it like growing up with him and the influence he had on you deciding to play basketball and pursue it in college? Yeah, I mean, my dad's always been a huge, huge basketball person since he was a little kid and throughout his entire life. Um, so he definitely had a big influence on me playing basketball and continuing to pursue it. Um, he's, he's a, I think he's a really good basketball mind, uh, obviously, in the historic sense, understanding right. you know things that have happened in basketball at every level and every facet of the game. And then also just thinking of the game, he was, he was a coach for a while and coached me a little bit growing up. So he had, played a big role in my development as a player and kind of nurturing my love for the game. And I feel lucky I've gotten to share my basketball experience with him and kind of do it together what was it like you know the process of when he was making the the basketball love story documentary you know seeing him work on it and the process of him you know going from step point a to a to z to see the finished product right yeah it was a really cool process for me to be a part of and just witness i mean it was a long long process and how long was he working on it uh i would say five years I think it began, yeah. they were trying to make it like a three-year project, and then it kind of got bigger than they were originally thinking. 
Um, so, I mean, he had the idea for a long time, and he finally, once he finally got it rolling, I would say like four or five years. Um, yeah, and it was, I got to watch a few interviews when they were local, uh, and then just kind of know what was going on each part of the process. And it was really cool to understand that in a creative sense, uh, cause he's, you know, he's really interesting creative mind yeah. and I'm not as much. <laughs> uh, so just seeing his visions and seeing how it actually happened and the other people that were involved in it. I mean, it was a big project and he had a really good team and it was just fun to watch it all unfold. Very I'm, cool. I'm looking up uh, some of the other things that your dad did here on his IMDb page. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that jumped out to me is, so did he solely produce the 30 for 30 episode, Reggie Miller versus yeah, so New York he, Knicks? he wrote it and directed it. He wrote and, it like yeah. it was his episode. I yes. mean, that episode to me growing up as a kid in the 90s was like, that's what I remember about the New York, Reggie yeah. Miller versus the New York Knicks. And I remember watching that 30 for 30 series. Uh, did you get to be around him at all while he was making that? or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was a little younger, so I don't think I was as aware as everything that was yeah. going on with it. But I obviously, I wasn't old enough to be watching that live. You're lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's all about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to understand how cool of a story that was and how interesting the characters were involved in that. You know, people like Spike Lee, who obviously aren't on the court, but had a huge influence on everything unfolding uh, between the Knicks and the Pacers. Um, yeah, that was awesome. One more thing I wanted to tie in with current events. Your dad wrote a piece for the Ringer on David Stern. Mm -hmm. um, did you have a relationship with the commissioner as well before he passed uh, last week? Um, not not really. I wasn't lucky enough to really know him well. I was lucky enough to meet him a few times and have some unbelievable conversations with him. And, you know, it was clear to me that he was a very special person and him and my dad had really really nice relationship and yeah it's very 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 sad luke you guys were able to go to the nba offices a few years ago um we talked about that experience a little bit but anything that stuck out with you did you get to chance to talk to commissioner stern when you guys were there or was he was that another trip no um when i went we didn't talk to the commissioner we talked to the head of scheduling um i'm forgetting his name right now but we also talked i think the one of my uh favorite takeaways from that visit was we spoke with the head of referees, Monty McCutcheon. Um, and he was just a really great guy, uh, had a lot of good energy and he wore like a orange suit. I think <laughs> um, That's his daily uh, dress. So that kind of gives you a little insight into how he approaches his job. And, you know, he seemed like someone who was, you know, had a great understanding of the game. And we asked him about uh, James Harden and sort of the issues that he gives referees in terms of bending the rules. Um, so that was that was a really cool conversation. You know, he uh, he taught you how to work the refs. Essentially, hey, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we, we are uh, one of the nation's leaders in fewest fouls per game. Just throwing it out exactly. there, it oh, paid off. That's what we took from that. Uh, now our secrets out. Um, but yeah, it was um, just sort of experiencing the other side of it because you know we watch the games, we obviously play the game, um, but it's you know, there's, there is a big side to basketball that isn't, um, actually on the court. And that was a really cool experience just kind of getting in and, and figuring out how that season that we all love so much really, uh, gets made and is, you know, uh, allowed to happen. Um, so going back to, you know, kind of the New York theme, does that mean you guys are kind of the de facto hosts for the team for group activities, you know, holidays when there's games and everything that 
that people wind up at your houses. Yeah, we are, which is great. I, I think we've switched off hosting the guys for Thanksgiving uh, every year, which has been really fun. I don't know. Our families both love it. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we're lucky to be here close to our families. We know everyone else misses their family. So it's it's cool to bring everyone together and yeah, just hang out and have a good meal. And, do you guys also like lean on you for, you know, hey, we want to do something. What, what's something like quintessential New York that's not touristy? Like, you know, what does like a local do? Yeah, that's interesting. I think a lot of the time we get the touristy questions, um, <laughs> or at, least, at least I do. Um, but so like, we won't be going through those questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Podcast. yeah. What's your favorite uh, thing to do? In yeah. Times <laughs> exactly. It's yeah, the big <laughs> is, oh, let's go to Times Square for New Year's Eve. And <laughs> if you want to get to 59th Street because right. of the line. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so um i think that yeah we definitely get those questions and it's um it's fun to take guys and show them new york and show them around and just sort of introduce them to where we grew up um because it is you know and this is something that comes up a lot it's a lot different growing up in new york city right and and a lot of guys have similar backgrounds and that they're from just outside of cities or uh suburbs and so we you know growing up right in the heart of the city it's different and it it's always a fun conversation to sort of <laughs> compare upbringings. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, talking a little bit on the court, Jake, you struggled with some injuries your first two years. How special is, has it been for you to be able to get on the court and get in a few games here, especially making your collegiate debut at St. John's? Yeah, no, it's, it's been great. I mean, obviously it was really tough being out those first two years. Um, but, you know, I think the first thing I always say when people ask me about it is I've been so lucky to have these guys. I mean, they made it so much easier obviously going through a not easy time uh playing wise um to be able to have them those two years to lean on and just have fun with um but yeah being back has been great i'm I'm really happy um that i'm healthy again and back on the court it's you know it's good to have you back (laughs) um yeah and playing at st john's you know new york city obviously on a big stage was it almost seemed like you know other than the score at the time you right, know it just yeah. you know it seemed very very apropos yeah to, no, was... to make that you know you know there's strong ties to the city and like you know, we've talked about it a little bit so far but right it has to be a good feeling yeah and, definitely and luke you've seen your role increase uh this year for a variety of reasons mm-hmm. a lot of it's just your hard work and talk about your work ethic and how you've gotten to this point um yeah i mean i i think coming into the um Coming into my freshman year, I was a walk-on, so I, I wasn't recruited formally. Um, and so I sort of embraced my role as um, someone who just kind of had to grind it out and uh, had very little room for error, and I was okay with that. I, I think that I weighed the uh, the prospect of not playing against putting in a lot of work, and it was an easy decision. Um, and so I think, you know, I've just tried to stay ready um, and it's part of, I, I think maybe the biggest part of what has kept me going is my teammates. They're just really supportive. Um, and it's, it's been a real, um, it's been really great to have my role increase. Um, and I think that, you know, hard work pays off, but there's a lot that, uh, other guys can do for you to keep you, keep you going. Um, and that's something that I really leaned on. Like Jake said, um, we have great teammates and so, they're really supportive guys who have played since their freshman year, guys who have had limited roles, just kind of uh, talking with them and, and feeling like I wasn't the only one or, you know, I wasn't alone. Um, 
and that's not to make my uh seem like I had you know a tragic yeah, yeah. first two years but um I think yeah it was it was difficult but um I'm I'm seeing the reward of that and I'm, I'm really happy for it I, I'm grateful for the opportunity that coach has given me and it's just been everyone's been really supportive so I'm really happy with that what is that what does Luke provide off the bench or when he's in the game that kind of sparks the team? There's just a different reaction on the bench and even on the floor when, when Luke makes a play. Talk about the energy he brings. Yeah, no, I think seeing Luke's role increase was I don't know, something that everyone loved to see. I mean, we all felt he deserved it. We all felt he did everything right his first two years and more. Uh, and yeah, like you said, I think when he comes in, he brings a similar energy that Q did for us last year. Just changing the game defensively uh you know he's not the biggest guy but he's gives his 100 percent effort every single possession which makes everyone do the same um i think he's able to spread the floor by making shots um and just being solid and i think that's what we need and that's why he's helping us so much right now he's really playing his role and just raising the competitiveness of our whole team how special of a moment was it for you? I mean, you said you we just talked about putting in all that hard work your first two years, you know, not really seeing a lot of game action, and then your role increases this year, and then to the point where you start like, the game at Maine uh, just a few days ago. I mean, was that like a special moment for you? Yeah, I mean, that was unbelievable. I think um, it speaks a lot to um, coaches trusting me, which I, I really value. Um, that with Randy going down uh, due to injury, I was the guy I was up next and you know, it's, um, I was, I was really, um, really happy with it, but I think that sort of came afterwards. Um, you know, Maine was a tough game and I didn't want to make that the focus or make that my focus. Um, but it was, I was pretty nervous, um, coming, starting the game on the court. Full uh, disclosure, you had two fouls in the first two. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, so so it, sh it showed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was a little bit of a deer in the headlights there. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, again, you just have to be ready for uh, the opportunity when it is presented to you. And it's unfortunate that it came, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't have Randy that game, but I tried to step in and do what I could. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, uh, the special aspect of the moment sort of came afterwards where I really sat down and was like, I just, I just started in my first collegiate game. Um, but I, th I think in the moment I was more just like, all right, you know, it's, it's a little bit different, but you just got to bring the same energy. In the last two games, uh, tough closeouts for the team. Um, talk about the focus the, that you guys have brought to practice and trying to get ready for your last non-conference game and then Cornell next week. Uh, yeah, I, th I think we had a really good meeting as a team after the main game and kind of sat down and decided some things that we needed to focus on. And I think that's really shown in our last few practices. They've been super, super competitive. Uh, we've, I think we're developing a real identity, and that's our, our main goal right now, and we know that starts in practice, and that starts with each other. Um, and I think we've seen some real leadership from upperclassmen and the younger guys developing, which is a big deal for us, and I think... Uh, if we continue to build that consistency, I think we have a good chance to, you know, turn things around and have a really good Ivy season, and that's that's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I uh, second everything that Jake has said, and I think that there's there's been a real moment of reckoning or with the team, um, and just sort of we've we've had some tough losses, but there's a great opportunity coming up with the Ivy season. It's it's really 
feels like a reset, feels like a whole new season. Um, and I think the guys are embracing that. Uh, and we're bringing everything we, that we can into that, um, that energy, that focus, that competitiveness. And that's really what's going to get us over the hump uh, in these games coming up. So, yeah, um, we've, I think that we've really looked ourselves in the mirror and tried to commit to bringing a little bit more energy to practice. And that's, that's shown. And I just want to say, like, I know you guys are focused on what you guys can control. I know that's a message from the coaching staff and you guys internally, you know, you guys aren't going to make excuses, but that's kind of what I'm here to do. Yeah. I, guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are no moral victories and I'm yeah. sure you guys have like, you know, heard that and talked about that amongst each other. I mean, but at the end of the day, you guys are the record is what it is, but you guys are playing in very close games, very competitive games. So if nothing else, like you talked about, you're going to be battle tested to, going into that Ivy has League to prepare play. you for Ivy League play because at the beginning of Ivy League play, you're everybody's zero and zero, right? And I, you guys, like I said, have talked about that amongst yourselves. And so maybe you guys can talk about this. H having played in such competitive games all season long against, you know, even against the likes of like Wake Forest, and then you know the the last two games ended how they did, but you've been in those situations, right? So is, is that something you can take as a positive going into Ivy League play? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that um, that's really all we can focus on. Um, if we get bogged down in sort of the result um, of you know, a loss, then it's it doesn't really feel productive. But, um, you know, we've seen just about everything. Um, and I don't knock on wood. Hopefully. <laughs> um, but hopefully we can take that experience um, into Ivy League play and feel like in the last however many minutes of games where, you know, we've been here before and we know what we need to do to win. Um, and that's really where our focus falls. Um, so, and coach is great about sort of orienting our minds to that. Yeah. And, it, you know, a big thing he, he stresses that I've noticed, um, and if you guys want to elaborate on that is, you know, yeah, you guys want to win in this, on the scoreboard, but it's about, it's about, doing th like winning plays and being tough and you know showing off if you're doing those those things correctly and controlling what you can control that's still like progress in his eyes can you guys elaborate a little bit on that right yeah definitely i mean coach angles has emphasized keeps uh, things in perspective excuse me yeah. right right um yeah i mean obviously we want to watch film and have won the game and have done things right um but i mean any team is going to watch film or look at you know, things that they've done in the past are going to find things that aren't right. And uh, I think our coaching staff and our team has been really good in realizing that in order to be productive and get better, then we need to uh, find things that we can fix and then also, you know, acknowledge things that we're doing well. And yeah, and Coach Angles has been big on us making the right plays and doing the right things regardless of the results. And I think that's what we're focusing on right now. We're trying to do everything in our control uh, to do the right things and make us the team that we want to be and then hope and, you know, obviously increase the likelihood that that allows us to win games. So we're going to bring back a little segment just to get to know you guys a little bit more. We call it rapid fire. And as Kyle just joked off the air, we, it's actually more of a slow burn, but um, we'll, we'll just ask a few questions and kind of come, come with us with, uh, with the first thing that kind of comes into your head about it. Okay. So, uh, favorite movie, Jake? Uh, I mean, I think everyone on the team is going to expect me to say this is the end. 
Uh, yes. I don't, I, don't yes. Think, I don't think it's the best movie ever, but I do actually find it to be a, a good movie, and I think it's hilarious, and we, we watch it together a lot as a team, and I don't know, we just kind of have fun watching it. That's a great answer. Um, yeah, I think basketball love story. Yeah, I think one of, one of my favorite movies I've ever seen is uh, called On the Waterfront, um, and my older brother showed it to me, and he's he's really into film, and he wants tentatively to be an actor, um, and I look up to him a lot, so that was one of the uh, first movies that he was like, you need to watch this movie. And so I, that's really where my mind goes whenever I get asked that question. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best concert you've ever been to? We'll go back to you, Luke. I saw uh, I saw Kanye West at the Meadows in, I think, it was my senior fall of high school. Um, so maybe 2016. Uh, and that was one of the most uh, fun experiences I've ever had. It was unbelievable. Uh, I saw Travis Scott and Kendrick Lamar the summer going into our freshman year at the Barclay Center, which was great. It was kind of before Travis Scott was as big as nice as he was. And, you know, you was were doing before everyone else was. Exactly. Uh, Kyle, you have anything? Uh, no, but I'll think of something. Okay. <laughs> I want to do like two more. That's okay. Favorite podcast. Favorite. Yeah, you talk about your favorite podcast. No, I'll ask that. No, Jake's. Uh, we, Jake and I had this conversation yeah, the airport yeah. last time. So, Jake, you're you're big into podcasts, uh, just not this one. Apparently, <laughs> uh, what, it's his new favorite. <laughs> yeah. What What are some of them? Uh, the ones you're listening to right now? I I love the Mark Titus podcast that uh he, him and Tate Frazier used to do with The Ringer. Uh, it's a college basketball podcast where they kind of just add humor to it, and it's 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 great. Like this uh, one. Like exactly like <laughs> this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter Barber. Peter Barber introduced me to it last year. And a bunch of guys on our team have started listen, listening nice. to it, and it's yeah, it's it's fun. Just a trendsetter, <laughs> exactly, all around. Um, I listened to a podcast called Dissect, which is like musical analysis. Um, Not where I thought that was going. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but it's like so like the uh, host Cole Kushner just takes like different albums, and he'll spend a season on them, like going through the different like musical um, themes and like how it works. And it was really cool because I've no concept of what it goes like what goes into making music so it was really cool to, it's it's still going on but nice. it's a cool podcast to listen to all right last yeah. one in five years from now you will be doing what oh boy um that is a great question one that yeah, we're not the right ones yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've been <laughs> um hopefully something that i love to do um i i think that that's what i've sort of brought to college uh is follow your interests and follow your passions i'd love to do something that involved visual art um what that is i don't know i mean i always joke and say i'll be a starving artist um <laughs> but that doesn't really appeal to me because <laughs> i want to be able to live comfortably but um yeah i think that sort of following that passion is something that i'm interested in yeah i'll copy luke's cliche answer and say <laughs> something um yeah i i really don't know what i want to do yet i uh i've had a couple internships that i've really enjoyed uh and I, yeah, I think I'm just going to, I think I'd like to go back into sports in some way or another eventually. Um, but I'm not, not quite sure what I want to do out of college yet. That's kind of the beauty of Columbia. It kind of exposes you to a yeah. lot of different things. Core curriculum, you know, people say what they want about it, but you do get a little bit of exposure into everything. And there's enough connections where you can try one thing. And if you like it, great, you can go with it. 
and if not, there's somebody else doing something else that you can try. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're in a great position there. Our coaches and the athletic mm-hmm. department has been really, really helpful with connecting us with people and alumni to talk with who have all been great and uh, makes it really easy to explore different things. And mm-hmm. yeah. Guys, thanks for taking a few minutes today. Uh, good luck on Thursday. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Okay, thanks for Thank you us. very much. Ivy League play opens on January 18th. It's a doubleheader with the women. Women tip off at 3 p.m., followed by the men's game at 7 p.m. So looking forward to it. Kyle, thanks for uh, double dipping today. Thank you. I, I wasn't uh, as big of a help maybe as a co-host, but I feel like I contributed in some way. You took a great lead. <laughs> Any help is good help. All right. It's great chemistry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the you next guys, mo- too. You guys, too. Yeah. You know? yeah, we, we work on that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week with a brand new episode, so make sure to check that out. You can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. More platforms to come. The next two weeks, I can speak for the men's side. They're going to be big guests. Big guests. Huge. Teaser. Huge. So, no. You're going to have to tune back in to find out who it is. (laughs) So, uh, stay tuned. Hope you join us. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. The Inside Columbia Basketball Podcast is hosted by Mike Kowalski and Kyle Matrician and is a production of the Columbia University Department of Intercollegiate Athletics. Special thanks to our guests this week, Hannah Pratt, Abby Shu, Luke Bolster, and Jake Clores, as well as our women's basketball co-host and director of operations, Megan Rojas. Our commercial reads are provided by the talented Aisley Carter. For tickets to upcoming games, be sure to visit GoColumbiaLions.com tickets or call the box office at 888-LIONS-11. As we mentioned, the doubleheader on Saturday, January 18th against Cornell starts with the women's game at 3 p.m., followed by the men's game at 7 p.m. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.